Hey everyone, this is the Everyday Leader Podcast where we hear from inspiring individuals building and leading teams across Africa. Today I speak with Thatcher Mweu, a Nairobi-based organizational growth strategist who thrives in collaborative, creative, and driven teams. Driven by the passion to improve team performance and growth, she takes pride in curating and executing the best structures and processes possible. As such, she has worked with notable leaders and companies across Sub-Saharan Africa to enable them to achieve their goals. This includes stints at the African Leadership University, Adela, Clinton Health Access Initiative, Open Capital Advisors, and now Sendi. Welcome, Thatcher, to the show. It's uh, great to chat with you. Really uh, interested to dive into your career so far. You've uh, kind of dipped your toes into a lot of interesting, fast-moving companies. Really excited to hear more about Sendi and the work you're doing there. And yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's an honor. Uh, you uh, have worked with a lot of different leaders, and uh, I'm sure you've learned from the likes of of Fred Swanaker, who you uh, were an executive assistant to, and uh, you've worked at places like Andela uh, and, and Open Capital Advisors, and now Sendi, who have strong leaders. But I want to take us back first to uh, a leadership experience that you had early on uh, that helped shape your thought around project management and, and team management and how uh, you go about uh, leadership now. Mm -hmm. would, you, would you mind sharing maybe an early story of, of how you started your career? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would say that my career really kick-started off um, in a role that is typically responsible for everyone and no one at the same time. And as you mentioned, being an executive assistant is just that. And it does sound confusing at first. Uh, and it was for both myself and the teams I was working with. Uh, the role entailed responsibilities such as uh, ensuring, ensuring that all teams met relevant deadlines um, and also following up on key company projects. Um, and those projects were uh, essentially the person I was EAing for. And it required me to liaise with all team heads and push them where necessary. And within this company, um, this role was new. So you can imagine working with team heads who are not used, used to anyone else other than their direct manager following up on them. And eventually we got the hang of the role. Um, and this was after breaking down the role for everyone um, in the team to understand it. And I think based on that experience, um, and when you come around to looking at um, project management, I have learned that while assuming new roles, be it in um, new companies or the same one even, um, I aim to ensure that everyone understands how my role interfaces with theirs, especially when they're not directly reporting to me and where their role or their team's role comes in. Um, and this involves, has involved, still involves a lot of meetings, emails, quick briefs, either face-to-face -face or very emails to the teams to ensure that everyone is on the same page. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that because often, when you're in a role where you're not directly managing people, but you are tasked with getting them to do things, uh, that can be even harder. And especially when you are in a role where maybe there's a very strong uh, high level leadership uh, presence, but that you are then left to uh, make sure it gets implemented uh, to match that vision of a leader. So I'm curious how you went about establishing that presence and that connection so that you could translate the vision to action. You touched a little bit on that just now, but do you have mm -hmm. some examples of maybe challenges you faced at first and how you overcame them? 
Yes. So I'd say the biggest challenge was pushback. So, you know, you have this high level C-suits asking, you know, why are you the one following, um, following up with me instead of person X, right? Um, and, and I think breaking down the issue into the basic details of, you know, why is it that I'm getting pushback? Is it, you know, poor communication? Is it that I said something that I shouldn't have? Um, but ultimately, it was basically they did not understand my role. Getting um, each person in the same room individually at first and then, you know, as a group later on um, to explain, hey, this is what my role kind of looks like and this is how it interfaces with yours. But then not coming off as, you know, challenging their position within the company because typically I found that whenever I um, I reached out to say, hey, I'm just following up on this thing, could you please give me an update? It came off as, you know, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you come off like this? I am the one who gives the updates. But then eventually um, talking, basically communication, talking to these guys and having them understand this is the reason as to why I am reaching out. And um, this is what the information um, you give me is 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 um is presented as made it much easier just, so just going to the level of basic communication before even asking for um updates on project x or y z so that helped a lot and you also ended up playing an executive assistant role for the country director in kenya uh, at andela as well how would you mm -hmm. compare that role uh, versus the one at uh, African Leadership University was there a clear uh, similarity there? Did you were you able to transfer those learnings to another institution? Yes. So actually, the the role at um, at Andela for the country director was the new role. The one at ALU was was the previously existing one, and you know, just learning from my ALU role to to Andela. The fact that it was pre-existing, it meant that there were systems in place and processes in place for the um, executive assistant role at ALU that I pulled in um, and used them at Andela. So what I'm talking about in terms of, you know, sitting down with these guys and explaining exactly how my role interfaced with, with, um, with theirs were learnings from ALU that I pulled in there. Um, and then also just creating and establishing uh, systems and processes that had not previously existent was a very big thing. Well, the good thing about being an executive assistant is that you have this bird's eye view of an organization. Um, and I did get to dip my toes um, into different projects, for example, understanding what I enjoyed doing, what I did not enjoy doing. And with that, I, um, I narrowed down to, you know, working in pharma or working in a consulting space where I still got to do the same thing but um, in a more streamlined fashion. So, you know, my, my, first, um, my first pivot, as you mentioned, was with Chai. And with that, it was, it was amazing. It was dynamic, um, worked across the country to roll out some programs. And um, with that role, I realized that I had some gaps uh, that needed to be filled. And the only way that I reasoned <laughs> to do that was to work in consulting therefore ending up at um, Open Capital Advisors. And as an analyst, how did you engage with your team? Uh, so I know it's a kind of a consulting uh, approach, but how does uh, team kind of coordination or team management factor in, in a consulting role? It's not uh, something I've 
personally experienced. So I'd be, I'd be fascinated to hear more about that experience working as a team member uh, in a consulting project. Mm -hmm. So within consulting projects, you have um, an analyst, which is a role I had, and then you have maybe a senior analyst, you have an associate, and then a project leader. So, you know, everything cascades from um, the analyst role, which is, was typically um, doing market research and, and making recommendations, um, creating financial models and presenting them for review. Um, and, and that's just to name <laughs> a few of the roles. Um, and everything that I did as an analyst cascaded to an associate, which eventually um, got to the project leader, meaning that if um, there was ever a time where I was delayed on, on working on something, it meant that the associate was delayed on reviewing it, um, therefore the project leader is delayed. Um, which meant that you know you have to be very good with your time management, communication, um, and and whatnot in order to make the team aspect work. And yeah, there were several times where I did see that there would be a delay in something, especially with market research, with um, the availability or lack thereof of some data, it would it would push my team back. Um, and in essence, I'd have to say, hey guys, you know. There's this thing that uh, I cannot find. Has anyone worked on a project that um, can potentially have this information? And if not, um, then this is how we're delayed and this is how I'm working to take care of this issue. So communication was definitely a big thing. Um, and then ownership of your of your role. So as an analyst, if you have those as, as part of the basic skill set, um, then you are on your way to being a good team member and team player. <laughs> on that note, mm -hmm. um, I know that you haven't had a lot of experience directly managing teams, at least mm -hmm. not yet, but how mm -hmm. would you say that your uh, kind of collaboration style or project leadership style has uh, evolved so far? And what I mean by that is that not everyone will, you know, throw in a joke here or there. Not everyone will be all serious. So just adapting to various work styles um, and also learning to manage not work, but emotions. Because um, you find that, you know, sometimes someone cannot um, be 100% and, you know, learning how to manage that without um, exhausting the person to the point that they can't perform anymore, but then also ensuring that they do take their time off and then come back as uh, as a hundred percent, even hundred and twenty percent. So, in short, um, learning how to work with different personalities, as well as managing people's emotions. Yes, that's so true. At the end of the day, you're you're working with people. Uh, mm -hmm. People have emotions, <laughs> and they have uh, other priorities outside of the work that you you uh, collaborate with them on. I'm curious mm -hmm. if if you have picked up on any like noticeable differences between different sectors, like whether it's education or whether it's um, the model that Andela was pursuing when you were with them versus mm -hmm. Chai, which is a bit more of like a health uh, NGO versus open capital. Is there um, noticeable differences? Is it is it mostly team culture that impacts the day to day or is it also kind of a reflection of the type of work that uh, is being done? The the common thing with all these companies that I've worked in is that they're all um, African-based companies. And in that, um, their work is majorly within within the continent. But the main difference is 
the nature of everyone working there, right? So, because you find that um, within consulting, you may find that people are more, you know, used to longer hours of work. Um, while with companies like Andela, ALU, uh, and even Sandy, people are more used to the startup environment where, you know, you could work for long hours or short hours depending on your role, but then it's not it's not unusual to have um, a variation. But then with Chai, there's that bit of, there's, the, there's already an established culture of eight to five or eight to six. So that was the main difference. The working styles were, were very different. Absolutely. Let's, let's focus now on Sendy. So you joined Sendy uh, almost uh, around six months ago. Um, mm. What is Sendy and what are you doing for them as a, a project manager? So Sendy is an African-based company that makes it easier for companies to trade, especially within bus the business, general business and logistics sector. Um, and in my current role, I'm a project manager and I plan for projects from initiation to close. Um, and I ensure that work gets done efficiently um, by delegating roles and ensuring that each team understands how their, their work impacts the larger project, right? Um, and, and within Sandy, there isn't um, a day-to-day -day schedule because everything is constantly changing, which I'm very thankful for, because then it means that my role is, is static. Uh, sorry, it's dynamic, not static. In your project manager role, are there examples of projects that you get heavily involved with? Yes. So the the projects that we're currently working on, um, which will be unveiled soon, um, went from me uh, planning the project process in the very beginning. So it was very admin heavy. And then meeting with various team members or team leads to explain to them, hey, you know, this is what is required of your team. Um, and then in a larger aspect, communicating to the greater Sandy team, uh, what we were doing, and then also liaising with external stakeholders because um, the projects, this project um, involves external stakeholders. So, you know, generally meeting with them, um, updating them on what we're doing internally, getting updates from, from them, what they were doing um, in order to meet, um, in order to meet the deadlines and the goals of the project. But, but usually, um, my heaviest involvement is ensuring that, you know, everyone gets the support they need. Um, and then also everyone is doing what they're supposed to in order to meet the goals and deadlines of the project. So Sandy, I know, uh, operates on a regional base. So Sandy is based in Kenya. The HQ is in Nairobi. Um, and Sandy is present in Uganda, present in Cote d'Ivoire, and will soon be expanding. And how we coordinate. So with, with the project I'm on, for example, I work uh, across approximately 12 teams, ranging from the product team to the customer experience team. And this is just within one unit. There is an expansion team. And in order to coordinate with each other, we have weekly team meetings, each team meeting with each unit. So, you know, the expansion team um, has their, uh, their update meeting, the transport team, et cetera just to ensure that everyone is on the same page and to ensure that um, working across regions does not um, hinder us from attaining our goal or even mission. Wow, that does sound like a lot of meetings. <laughs> I'm curious, uh, Sandy is doing kind of a, an interesting uh, service. I mean, in some ways it's a bit traditional in that it's logistics, but mm -hmm. I imagine you guys have 
quite a kind of tech stack that supports that in terms of making it uh, more efficient, bringing down the cost uh, of whether it's last mile delivery or our international freight uh, transfers and the like. I'm curious how your team has embraced uh, technology in terms of not only your direct service uh, to market, but also across your team to make sure that you are being as efficient as possible. So Sandy is is um, a, he- a tech heavy company in that um, the products that we use um, is, is the backbone of the company. So be it um, with, with the two wheel deliveries or the know, seven ton, 10 ton um, moving of goods that we do, all this is done on, on a product. It's done online. It's done on a web app, a phone app. And that's the basis of Sandy. So it's a product company, basically a tech company. Um, and the way the team ensures that we are efficient is that, you know, we have teams are, that are working, pricing team especially works to ensure that we are competitive within the market. We ensure that we deliver um, a great experience for our customers. And Sandy is very big on being very customer centric. So we listen to what our customers have to say um, and improve on the areas that, you know, we get feedback of improvement on. Um, so from a product, pers- oh, sorry, from a tech perspective, um, we ensure that our product or aim to ensure that our product is um, working, is efficient, is customer friendly, is intuitive. Um, and then on the other side, we work to deliver a great customer experience. So be it the operations team, the customer experience team, the IT team even, um, to, to have this whole um, circle or a wheel uh, that pushes itself to deliver a great customer experience. So I have to ask, are you an example of a logistics company that doesn't own any trucks? Absolutely. <laughs> we are. Sandy does not own any assets. That's great. I, I just want to step back, I guess, at more of a higher level. You've now worked at all these different companies. What would you say has been uh, your hardest role? Uh, and what were the learnings from that? I think the hardest role was um, being an executive assistant at ALU. And it's simply because it was the first role in which I was interfacing with so many teams. Um, and and at the very beginning, the different teams did not understand what I was doing. And at some point, I questioned. <laughs> I questioned what I was doing. But the biggest learning from there has been you know, to always communicate. Um, be it uh, giving praise, be it communicating pain points, um, and to always check in with people at an individual level and also at a group level, which is something that I ensure to do even today at Sandy. Well, as you may know, uh, Fred now has like a six-person CEO's office team. So uh, I think he <laughs> realized how hard of a role it was and, and that it needed a lot of um, intentionality and, and bandwidth. Um, so uh, I'm sure that you also played a role in, in, in showing, uh, that, um, I just, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, but I imagine that uh, being based in Mauritius, uh, was definitely a plus, uh, mm. during that, um, yes. uh, just as we wrap, uh, especially given that you've had such a broad, uh, access and visibility, uh, during your career so far. Are there any interesting trends that you've come across that you feel are maybe being um, overlooked or underappreciated? 
Hmm. I think the basis of communication, you know, just basics. It doesn't have to be an intricate email or a very super organized meeting, but going down to, hey, this is a challenge I'm facing or, um, you know, I'd like to hear more about what you do. I'd like to understand your role more. Um, that bit of understanding each other is very, very underrated or underappreciated. And I've seen it do wonders um, for myself and even for my colleagues. I think that's something that we need to push more for um, as leaders within different industries and different companies. Um, but yeah, that's the main thing that that I think has been underappreciated or overlooked. That's a really um, interesting point. I, I'm, I'm curious, where have you seen that done really well in your career so far? Hmm, done really well. I'd say I'd say at Chai. Um, just understanding what each team is doing, it's very clearly stated. It's very um, easy to demarcate, you know, this is at the point where I let the tech team do this. This is where I step in. This is where person X step, steps in. Um, and it's actually something that I did learn from. And um, while at Chai, there was a lot of documentation that needed to be done. And I as I was putting together that aspect of the team, I realized that everything is pretty clear. It just hasn't been noted down. Um, yeah, but at Chai, that was done really well. And, and I must ask, uh, you know, given your experience so far, uh, obviously the, the project that, that you're rolling out at Cindy sounds really exciting. And I'm sure we'll hear, hear more about it in the coming weeks, uh, but where do you see your career going? What What's uh, your past experience kind of led you to want to pursue at this point? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I do I do see myself, um, be it at Sandy or, or externally, but I do think within the next, let's say next five, six months, I do see that my role will expand from just being an East Africa role um, to covering the greater continent. Um, I have not really <laughs> outlined that as much as I would like, but I do see that in the future, my role will still remain uh, within working, will remain uh, within the continent because it's something that I do, um, I do aim for and I'm very intentional about. I would like to stay at home, home being the greater Africa and, and um, see how we could make things more efficient. Well, I'm wishing you uh, luck with that. I will say uh, one thing from my experience, because uh, I was a kind of country lead for a while um, mm. and then ended up transitioning um, in another company to a regional role. And you mm -hmm. do lose a little bit um, there because you, you no longer are part of a, a country team. Of course, you're part mm -hmm. of a, a global team and you your impact uh, expands, but you do lose a little bit of, kind of being part of the, the local team. So um, <laughs> uh, I, I wish you, I wish you luck with that transition. And I'm sure, you know, uh, you, your impact will continue to grow uh, at Sendy and, and Sendy, you know, hopefully will bring down the cost of pricing uh, for lots of different uh, consumers in places like Uganda and hopefully uh, in Malawi and Zambia, where I often heard that uh, the price of items at the store or mostly just transport costs. So thank you for the work uh, that you're doing at Sendy. And it's been really uh, interesting to hear how your career has progressed so far and the learnings that you've had. And I look forward to following you on your future journey.
Thank you very much, Chris. It's appreciated. And I'm sure I'll reach out to you for a few tips and tricks here and there. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Asher. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.